This is where the intro would be. Do, 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 do. Today we're going to uh, just do a, a recap episode. We're going to start looking back at the last seven episodes so that anyone who's jumping in now um, doesn't have to go back and listen to it all, but you can. Uh, it's all on Spotify, iTunes, wherever you listen to your podcasts. And now all our videos are on the M of One uh, Network's YouTube channel. Nice. Woo. So this, ep- this whole campaign was very different uh, from our first campaign, right? This is a sci-fi fantasy hey. It's a space-themed TM campaign. Um, TM, TM, TM. And this was, it, last time I made you guys all play goblins from one area. This time you guys got like free reign to make your characters. Gary, the free reign. It's like a blank sheet of paper. Yeah. Um, I, so before we just even like step into the content of the episodes, can you just give me like a really quick reason maybe why you picked your race or why you picked your class. Cause uh, we have two animals and an elf and <laughs> we have uh, three different, like let's just focus primarily. Like why did you pick your race? And then maybe even like your background. So like um, let's start with Courtney. Courtney, you picked a tabaxi. <laughs> so you're a cat person and you're from a planet that's mostly water-based. Yes. So I just like, uh, like, how did you get there? Uh, I was looking for something different. Um, so, well, first of all, I w- always thought about just the base races whenever I would make new characters. And it wasn't until you were helping us out a little bit and showed us this link to basically all the races we could choose from. A lot more than I knew there were to pick from. Mm. And I saw the tabaxi and... Um, I don't know. I don't want to sound like a cat lady. I just like cats. <laughs> so- <laughs> So sue me. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think that's totally um, fine. That's great. Yeah, especially if um I feel like if we're gonna be doing something that we're really passionate about for two years. <laughs> that, I'm passionate uh, about cats, so we're good. Yeah, that love's not gonna fade. <laughs> um Courtney, if anything, is an old cat lady at heart. Yeah. Courtney has a Somebody's love for cats that will not fade. It will not fade. <laughs> yeah, every campaign needs one, so we're good. Yeah. <laughs> if it wasn't her, it was gonna be me. Yeah. As the old cat lady. So. <laughs> and then we knew we were all going to start the campaign on the Lathander's ring, but you wanted to go with a planet. And I think you originally were like a water planet, which we, our plants are all based off of like D&D lore. Mm-hmm. So I was like, there are water planets you can choose from. Um, do you know why you, you wanted like a water planet or why you didn't want to start on the Lathander's or be originally from Lathander's ring? I originally thought that I was going to be this big shot cat lady with her own private spaceship who could like provide the airship to the crew. (laughs) Um, And that I was basically going to be way too overpowered, but I thought that I wanted to be somebody who wasn't on the spaceship just um, to give some variability in our characters, but also because I was basing a lot of what the tabaxi was going to be based on from um, Southeast Asian water cats. And they really like the water. Well, obviously it's in their name. I don't remember what they're called, but um, that was kind of a cornerstone of how I was developing out the character. Cool. That's awesome. Uh, Dan, you want to jump to you real quick? You're playing one of the more traditional races of D&D. 
Uh, yeah. I guess I tend to do stuff that's uh less character driven and more efficiency driven. Um, <laughs> I actually hate elves. They're my least favorite race in pretty much anything. I really when we were starting this, I I already had planned you to be a dwarf, and then you came yeah. with this half elf, and I was just like, what? Yeah. <laughs> for, any, for anybody who's <clears throat> hopping in now with the Master of One crowd, what's you're playing Elisar? Right, right. Yeah. A half drow elf. Yes. Tall, and, uh, white, like dark, yeah, like pale, like a vampire. Vampire. Yes. <laughs> vampire. <laughs> the server ghost or the server vampire from IT crowd. Yeah. Very classically, just generic looking drow elf. Because realistically, when designing and talking about aesthetics, I just don't. I hate elves so much. So I was like, hey, whatever. Yeah, you're just like, like what color eyes are they? Purple, fine. Yeah, Purple, fine. <laughs> or whatever, it's fine. Gray skin, whatever. White, yeah. hair, cool. It's just, but uh, but I really liked. Uh, they have like a nice array of ability scores, which kind of help uh, for different classes. And then doing like, uh, like physical combat, melee fighting, and stuff like that, and shooting. Uh, having fairy fire is like really nice for the group. So like you kind of you can don't have to be a magic caster, but you get a little bit of magic, which yeah. is cool. Um, and that just comes with the drow. Yeah, it's just part of the drow. Okay. It's uh, yeah, whatever. it's a drow it's thing. Drow, drow magic, it's a drow <laughs> thing. But yeah, but uh, have you know? And then I like, think what was the other one? TM, TM, TM. TM. <laughs> um, like and I get like darkness at level five, and so it's 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 just nice. A good utilitarian. Um, kind of character yeah like rather than just being like oh i'm gonna run there and bash that like oh no actually i can go in and like cast fairy fire this guy and it promotes everybody in the group right and then uh out of the standards ring that has 12 rings you guys had maybe like four or five to choose from you you chose the ring one which wasn't even originally made to be inhabited but like <laughs> the poorest of the poor or the the most rejected people have like kind of started living down there Right. Do you know or remember why you chose to be? Because of this decision, people started calling you trash elf. <laughs> so people, person, it's you know. <laughs> bird, whatever. <laughs> to, to be fair, to be fair, <laughs> you called yourself trash elf first. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's fine. I, it's okay <laughs> when he does it, Zach. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, so it's kind of a thing of like. On one end, Drow are always kind of this dejected evil to extent, like a little bit, you know, they're not respected in that way. They're more feared, I guess, mm -hmm. or whatever. And uh, and I'm like, so I have that side of it, but then I'm not even that because I'm only a half, half Drow. So like not accepted by the Drow, but not accepted by other people. And I was like, it just makes sense. I'm a trash elf. It's fine. Like yeah. And in our setting, magic is like almost inherently hated or not trusted and it's dangerous so you being drow like you come in with this like just innate magic ability so that makes even more sense why i mean drow were hated because they were pure evil in like original DD. in this setting maybe they're not pure evil but like there's another reason people have found not to trust drow specifically hate me because of my dancing lights how dare you i know <laughs> and then zach you're the last part of our our established crew so mm -hmm. what, what are you playing um, I'm playing Wick, a female Kinku. Um, she is, she speaks with a voice box that sounds like my voice, which is very helpful. <laughs> yeah. This season. Um, she lives on, Lith lived on Lithander's ring 
I imagine from birth, like yeah. she was born there, raised there on the fourth ring. You were right? fourth ring, which is kind of like the lower middle class. Yeah. A lot of gang activity mm-hmm. kind of in the middle. Definitely not the upper echelons, but uh, yeah, that's what I'm playing this season. Cool. And then you picked, I don't know if you, I don't know if I just zoned out. <clears throat> Did you say what race you were playing? Oh yeah, she's yeah. a kinku, right? Yeah. The voice box, sorry. Which Jeez. is uh, <laughs> maybe I'll cut this was, out. Yeah. <laughs> no, you're good. I'm gonna reference back to it later, so you can't. Yeah, no. <laughs> um, she, um, I, I don't remember if I picked kinku first. Yeah, or if I picked it because of the backstory or kind of the vibe I wanted to go with. Like I, we came up with character touchstones. Mm-hmm early on in character development yeah and we had i think i had given you all a sheet that it was specifically like kind of like the steps i recommend and i don't think race mm-hmm. or class came into it until like maybe four seven, or five yeah, yeah. so that you so, could pick a, a class so that makes total sense that you you found an archetype that fit what you mm-hmm. wanted mm-hmm. and um, then yeah and there i would be lying if i didn't say i was leaning towards kinku anyway sure that had been something i had in the back pocket especially when fennec died or went into the pocket dimension yeah. in the first season kinku was one of the races i had looked at because it does sound like fun yeah kind of the dark brooding that was the total opposite of both of the characters i made in the first season but with the swaps on it even the way i've played wick this time with the story and stuff almost trying to leave the dark brooding background that had been the default yeah. and i don't want to get too much into no, what that's i'm great. hoping in backstory and i'm yeah. appreciative because um eric okra is one of the, the another bird race in D that a lot of players love but dms and people listening to this might understand that they're they're one of the most hated races because every <laughs> combat it's like what's the, what do you do and you're like i fly right out of range and it's like yeah great <laughs> so like you picked like kenku who who can't they're bird people but they can't fly so you get kind of cool stuff without being a total like meme about it yeah <laughs> yeah so like those are the basics of her characters um in episode one i can't remember why but dan couldn't join us and we didn't want to like delay so covid it was COVID. The times we're in. Wow. <laughs> yeah. I was on my deathbed. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and the show must go on. <laughs> yeah, apparently. <laughs> um, so we did uh, a first episode where we introduced two of the characters, right? Because the way we started this campaign, no one knew each other. And it was like situations where you guys met over time. Mm-hmm. Um, do you guys remember how Wick and Peg met? Yeah, at work cooking up some seaweed salad yeah i was not working (laughs) but going broke at the um because gaska brought me to the ship and so i felt kind of um loyal to him and that was the place where i was hanging out and gaska was the owner of the restaurant right yeah uh Uh, and wick is kind of um laying low and working as a line chef She'd only been on the job for a little bit, but was making, she was on the lunch rush when Peg came in. Yeah. And this episode was one of the few where we, we spent a good amount of time on the, the sixth ring, I believe, mm-hmm. um, which is kind of the, the port where all visitors come in. There's a lot of commerce and restaurants. It, it's a fairly upper class kind of living space. What else? Trees. Do you, yeah, there's a guard, a, a strip of garden 
in this ring. Um, is there anything else that you guys like really remember from the first ring? Uh, from the first episode, uh, mm-hmm. the little yeah, boy, be- the little boy being arrested by the guards when he does his magic trick. Right. So that yeah. was pretty. Yeah. And the gay, the same police force um, attacking someone who was upset at, I think, the local government on the fourth ring. They were throwing rocks at a flag. Yeah. The same guards came and arrested them too. Yeah. Different, different guards. Cause on the fourth ring, they were the dwarven, um, like gang. And mm-hmm. on the sixth ring, it's like their, the covenant is like their police force. But yeah, the same idea of, uh, even though the ring was like an arc and a safe haven from Toral that is now on fire. Um, there's definitely like an oppressive nature on every ring of different types. Right. It's that thin veil of protected. Like we're all on a frail, thin space dinner where we're appearing to stay in balance, but you know there's that thin just yeah. protection keeping it running almost. And then, what was that? Oh, that's a good point. Because that's. I think it was the first episode, the thing that struck me the most was whenever we took our first task, seeing that there was so much known about my character already in the computer system from... Mm-hmm scanning or like face recognition or whatever is happening on that ring to where they know all my transactions yeah (laughs) there's not much that can be hidden i think that was part of it too that lends into the idea of the fragile environment Mm -hmm. is the merchants and stores all having their daytime open hours Mm -hmm. front facing Mm -hmm. and then the behind the scenes hey, why don't you go get this arm back for me that this guy hasn't paid for? Yeah. Right, so that, that was in episode one, two, right? Where you both mm-hmm. wanted to get off the, the ring. Um, and to do that, you guys need to figure out how to get it onto a ship or get a ship. So mm-hmm. you eventually... And at this at this point, mentally, as a player, yeah. I was fully ready to do like eight side missions, Witcher 3 style, to just build up enough money to go kill the harpy. Yeah. So that's where I was at going out of episode one. So that all right, we're gonna go get this arm, and then I've got to get like eight mushrooms from level two, and then <laughs> full gather. Like, screw you guys, the listeners. I don't care about you. I got to do these gathering, like, uh, <laughs> and you did hustle so missions. The job you got was from the 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 I believe um, gnome who gave you your voice box, and he mm-hmm. was is kind of like a repo man style. Like, I gave this guy an artificial arm. He stopped paying. Just go retrieve the arm for me, and we'll like start building your credit. Which is what brought you guys down to the first ring, right? Because yeah. he was hiding there. And I think that brings us into episode two. Um, so episode two, you guys were doing, it was all on the first ring. This is where you meet Alisar eventually. Uh, what do you guys remember like being the biggest standout things of the first ring? Uh, not of the first ring, but of episode two, Dan's patience was truly on... <laughs> unparalleled this episode sitting and waiting patiently for courtney and i to get to the one alleyway (laughs) like when is he gonna come in you sat there for almost 30 or 40 minutes waiting for us two dumbasses to get to that alleyway so you could jump out will and i had talked about it prior to because we were talking about okay you know you weren't here last episode how do we introduce your character in a way that makes sense and i was like i guess like you know here's the setting 
uh, and then I'll just wait for a good time, you know, when they there's a lull, like when you guys weren't doing something, and then I'll just like force my character into it or whatever. And he's like, All right, that sounds good. And I was like typing to him during while you guys were doing stuff. I'm like, I'm interested in what they're doing. Like it's they're they keep doing stuff. It's not, you know, I was like, they're still talking to people. I was like, well, I don't know when to jump in. Well, I was like, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I made that joke, but it was a very fun episode. We did not mess up any puzzles or anything beforehand. We were <laughs> interacting with the environment we met um oh what was his name the bounty hunter i don't know watch you watch you because i thought that was very funny because he watches you yeah (laughs) jeez (laughs) and like the first time we went in the bar and uh um what was the bar called i mean you introduced so much world building in there there's blue dust like fuel fever mm-hmm. we talked to water elves yeah like, the why there water it was elves? the bar yeah you also uh i believe this was the episode you, you like found your first kind of enemies and encounters the killest the killers um <laughs> are they are they established D characters so or is that they're not D and okay. anyone who's listening to this who might know more than me there's a a alternate system um Built on built in like a world or universe called Numera, and people loved it so much that that company ported it to Five E. So a lot okay. of the kind of sci-fi stuff I'm getting is from a book called um, Ancients Arcana of the Ancients, which is like taking all of this Numera lore and putting it into D and D. So the Killists were these like Numera lore, um, and we, I've been doing that not in every episode, but a bunch of episodes. It's these like new beasts and monsters that you guys would never have heard of, right? Because it's a book that you guys aren't familiar with, Um, which is fun as a DM to be like, what are we fighting? And it's like, good luck. (laughs) I don't know if they have hats, but in my head, Mm -hmm. they're gnomes. Their hats come down to like here and it was just all teeth. Yeah. And they're like that tall. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So yeah, and I think this was like a ring where... The fourth ring was a little bit rougher than the sixth, but the first ring was like the first one where like there really was no law. This was the first mm-hmm. time like cameras really didn't exist because this wasn't made to live on, right? It was just like a, um, it was used to service the engine. Mm-hmm. So like and it was more of a barter system too, right? Like you even went down to the degree of the economy on each ring. I think yeah. I paid with computer chips on one. Yeah, like trading, just things that you could find. Mm-hmm. Or, um, I believe Zach, this was one of your first forays into like paid fighting, which came up again yes. later. Um, mm-hmm. But I think that was like interesting of like how do you adapt into the culture that you're fitting into, and sometimes that means getting into the the bar and brawling it out a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, which is definitely way different than other reasons she had been down to the first ring before. Right. So then the third episode. Oh, hold on. Let's, I want to touch yeah, real quick on LSR's introduction. Okay. <laughs> because it was incredible. <laughs> there was a speech involved. Oh, yeah. It was Dan wrote an entire speech <laughs> and read it off screen. It was great. It was wonderful. It was <laughs> ominous and scary. <laughs> stupid um so as uh, I'll, I'll come in behind uh the bird um and you'll hear kind of a, a a small quiet um electrical noise at his back her back sorry 
Um, and I'll say, uh, fools, your ruse will not mat- uh, last much longer. You're fortunate you made it out of the Iron Continent with all of your limbs and praise whatever gods you have that the bounty hunter felt generous today. These drug fiend denizens may seem feeble, but I've watched more formidable travelers find their untimely demise in the first layer. And I say, follow me. And I, and I just kind of scoot away. And, but is it everything we do in this game? Just a little stupid. I'm playing a bird person who fought someone with a rocket in their elbow. Good point. So I thought it was glorious. And then diving in and out and then killing everything behind us after both of us tried so hard to keep them alive. It was great. The whole scene was wonderful. Yes. Yeah, I think that was like another example of like Dan's character growing up and living on the first string. That's true. Like he's willing to do whatever he needs to survive. And you guys were like, they're bad, but like maybe we don't have to kill them. And like, um, I want to address something that you just kind of said too. For anyone who's listening right now for the first time, yeah, sorry. But also, um, <laughs> we're trying, I think, a little carefully. And if it feels kind of like we're walking on eggshells or tiptoeing, we don't know the other characters backstories and maybe their full roles yet so like i just learned that lsr was born on the first ring i didn't know that yeah i don't even know i had assumed he ended up there yeah i don't don't know if that's like a fact i don't know like the majority of his life has been there i don't know if we ever talked about or decided where yeah yeah. But yeah, it's this idea that in D&D, sometimes it's easy to meta a game and just do whatever makes sense in the moment to be like best play. Mm-hmm. But like, yeah. because you are all from different areas, like you're all reacting differently to your environment. So uh, Courtney playing with Peg, who's kind of like a um, free thinking adventurer, learning about all these different peoples. She's going into like this dark area all of a sudden and she's coming at it with this perspective of like, Hey, they're people like, it's okay. And Elisar, who's like lived here was like, nope. And like shooting them from afar and just being like, God, take care of this. Um, which is that like brought us into, a, into the third episode was like, you guys yeah. cleared out this kill us. You got the guy who had the fake arm. He, I think somehow convinced you to like, not use him or not to take his arm, but to like, use him to get off the ship. I think he was knocked out. So the other two in the party convinced Wick not to take the arm. And the droid, I think. And the droid, yeah. Yeah, mm. said, I am the map, basically. Right. And that sealed it. And this is when we started introducing the character that will be later played by guests. Is this mappy droid thing that that spends a lot of time with Ronag, the, the smuggler, who eventually gets you guys off the ship. With um, said fake arm. Right. Yeah. And then... That's still attached. Uh, That's still attached. Yes. <laughs> Important note. Elsar, part of your introduction into the, the second episode, but really the third episode, was this idea like you also wanted to get off the ship, but unlike the other two, you had a way. Do you remember about that? No, there was something because I knew the other drows. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you knew like there were two other drow. <laughs> there we go. We got there. Who had kind of almost recruited you into their gang as like a, uh, I don't remember what it's oh, called. Right, like, yeah temporary uh and i was like really like uh seeking affirmation being Mm -hmm. a half drow i think the political term is useful idiot (laughs) but yeah so and you had you had reasons to want the the map and the smuggler too right because the other drow couldn't fly 
So right. this was another yeah. instance in this campaign. I think it's an interesting thing to experiment with D&D where you both had your own reasons. All three of you had your own reasons to get off the ship. Mm-hmm. You all had your own reasons to want Ronag's arm or Ronag. And you didn't know, like, maybe Elisar had a different point of view of, like, why he wanted to try to get off the ship and how he was planning on getting off the ship. And, like, eventually morphing your plans together. Mm-hmm. There was also a bit about of like, how do you trick the cameras and the tech to get from the first ring to the sixth ring? And uh, later in this episode, and we're going to skip a bunch, but um, near the end of the episode, you guys are running through the the hangar and you get to the dock that the ship you guys are, maybe you guys didn't know you were stealing, but the ship that you're stealing. Yeah. (laughs) And this is the first time you see the other drow and you see like high level magic being done. Mm -hmm. Do you guys remember about this? Episode it was three. really cool. Yeah. What I don't. What did they drop into the liquid before the tentacles tentacle? appeared? Oh, I thought it was a. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it was. He like had a a tentacle, and I can't remember what he dropped it into. It was it was but, like a liquid he was holding in his hands. Yeah, I think it was a little bit of what we'll find out in the next episode is in that bowl. But mm-hmm. he dropped the tentacle into that, and then it opened up above the door, and Lovecraftian tentacles came in. Yeah, I don't remember if it ripped him apart or pulled him into the portal. I think itself. it pulled him into the portal. Yeah. Either way, the guards were gone and we right. did not die. So when you guys were running towards the ship and the hangar number you guys knew you needed to get to, Covenant soldiers came out. And these are like ones who had kind of seen kind of um, arresting people earlier mm-hmm. and who would be way outside your level. And like these, right. this idea like magic, even though it's like an outlaw thing, is very powerful. Um and even outside with like fairy fire has never seen probably anything like this high level mastery over magic. Well, I think too, like, yeah, being under, <clears throat> like being in the first ring and having this like limited ability. I mean, at that point I was still level one. So the only thing I could do is make dancing lights. Like, mm-hmm. so, like, you know, and so you, you know, you, you hear the stuff that drought can do or whatever that magic users, but being in this world, you know, you set it up pretty early where it was like, hey, magic is not like a common thing, you know, yeah. and, and not even common, but like people don't like it. Right. Right. And so to see these people so unabashedly like just do big mega stuff, you're like, oh, shoot. Like, <laughs> yeah. Like, I guess I'll follow you now. Yeah. You're I like, don't I don't think I have a choice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Can't> run away. <laughs> so I think. Like there was a lot of other like the puzzles of like how do I get the ID cards to get to the first, sixth ring, and a lot of that was episode three. But I think for the most part, like that was what stood out to me. Did you guys have anything mm-hmm. else that you were thinking about? Oh, um, this is also I think this was three, maybe four. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't go back and listen to these before doing this. Um, <laughs> there was a piece of scrap metal that had like a riddle that used like a number cipher, so like one equals a. And you guys figure it out that that you guys You're really that, dumb. <laughs> well, you guys figure out that the true drow we did it. Was that? Oh, we did it. Yeah, we, we solved did. the puzzle. <laughs> but you you realize that like the two drow had been searching for like a bigger story outside of the ring that was eventually mm-hmm. going to lead them to Anadia. And that was the uh, episode four. Was that at four? the end of episode at the end of episode three? I think we were introduced to the idea of Loth. The drow god. Oh, that's uh, right. Miska, the wolf spider goddess. I'm gonna mess this up. Karanasa. 
the sounds good. You the Loth God who has betrayed or the Drow God who's betrayed by Loth. And uh Yes, yeah, so that was like it, a big part yeah. of three that I, I totally forgot about was um this introduction into like what deities are in this world where tech has kind of promoted everyone almost to be their own master um and then you saw the drow use like what uh courtney was saying before like use this liquid to kind of summon the spider queen who was ended up being you guys i think you know now loth which is like the drow god and this idea that there's like bigger things going on than what the covenant are doing on the ring or the struggles on the first ring, right? There's like a bigger story that you guys probably don't know much about at this point. Right. Right. I don't. Yeah. At least. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But you, you knew a bunch of, you <laughs> got a bunch of names. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Try to piece it together. Like I'm like the conspiracy theorist with a bunch of. <laughs> the, what, the, Char- the Charlie name from it's always sunny. Yeah. <laughs> Mark, who is this? so i think yeah i think that was three four i believe you guys got to anadia which is this um rock and sand planet kind of tatooine yeah kind of marsy (laughs) tatooine or mercury um oh right real life planets sorry sorry yeah sorry sorry. (laughs) um uh, yeah and like tatooine it's very hot you guys brought your little ship that you had stolen, but wasn't really made. I guess this is where you're introduced into like uh, ship sizes matter. And like this little ship you guys stole wasn't really made to go into atmosphere. And you kind of like broke upon impact. You all survived, obviously, because uh, Ronag is a smuggler, right? He's used to like getting ships in places they're not supposed to. Mm-hmm. Um, but what else do you guys remember about like your first kind of experiences with Anadia as a planet. Uh, I remember this was one of my favorite episodes of this show we've recorded yet. Which one? Uh, was this the festival one? Or was this that- was the festival carnival one. Cool. <laughs> yeah, that one was cool. It was cool to have like a, a, like a light, like a combat light episode that was still engaging and like stuff to do. It was great. It also felt like I, well, at least for, I can only speak for Wick in this. There was a lot of character development in a non-combat episode, mm. which felt like fun. It was like a stress reliever. Because whenever we walked up to the Walden City where the mm-hmm. carnival was taking place, and I totally expected, okay, this is going to be difficult. We're going to, like, I don't know what's going to be on the other side of the wall and how the people are going to be. And then it was this halfling village that we're celebrating uh the turtle avoiding their town and (laughs) i thought that was a great story but um definitely i it was not what i expected it was a wonderful relief (laughs) at least what peg was thinking so i I, one of my as like the dm as one of my big goals with anadia is to start reintroducing kind of wildlife because on the Mm -hmm. rings there is there is none right it's all just like human strife and then as you left the ring, you start introducing into like uh, the deities of this whole universe. And then Anadia, which is a planet that's not on fire like Toral. Anadia is not the most um, peaceful or flourishing planet because it's all desert and stone. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are these like creatures here that you guys will not have experienced, right? So like you you hinted at just before, there's a Zaraton, I think is how you say it. Like this big turtle that kind of just like carves canyons as it like 
moves across the planet and creating like almost veins in the planet. Mm -hmm. And the town that you guys visited had just been missed by one. So it was like a big celebration of life because their town and city were destroyed. Um, and you guys were in the city to get money because your ship needs repairs, right? Yes. Mm -hmm. Do you guys remember how you tried to raise money in episode four? There was a rifle shooting game that Wick made LSR do. <laughs> LSR's proven pretty good with a gun sometimes. Uh -huh. Yeah, in that fairy fire. <laughs> yeah. Or yeah. wait, that was a different one. <laughs> yeah, I have two tricks. Shoot gun fairy fire. <laughs> the arm wrestling. I think you also played that game. That was cool. Yeah, was there arm a, wrestling. Was there a rodeo? That was yours. Oh, yeah. we're, we're getting there. Cause that, <laughs> oh, that so I was like, rule. I'm like, is uh, that this campaign or a different campaign? No, that was this one. <laughs> that was this episode too. And before that, though, there was a pro wrestling match with a robot. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the gambling. Mm -hmm. Gambling. That's how we make money. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> which I can't remember who was rolling, but one of you guys got like the 666. That was Dan yeah. too. It it's so, so much fun. money. <laughs> <Me too. Yeah. laughs> But yeah, those all those like little carnival games, like you guys made some cash, but like not enough, right? So there was a bigger event that you guys kind of signed up for, mm -hmm. which was the, this, the rodeo. The land shark. What are they called? The boulette. The boulette, yeah. Boulette. So I don't know how LSR signed up first for that, because I believe you're the first one. And then it was just like another instance of like you rolling just super good, which like as a DM is like frustrating because like it was like, all right, fail this time. And you're like, not this time. I was like, great. Yeah, yeah. Um, not not minutes before we had had that wrestling match that went for probably an extra five to six minutes because I was not rolling well. And I think I wasn't it wasn't even that I was rolling bad. You just rolled better. Right. It was just like yeah. taking turns. Um, yeah. But like, oh, it, was right, it was back and forth on stock. Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. <laughs> but like your really good roles have made you almost like a legend now in the mm -hmm. city of Knopf because... Which is, yeah. Yeah, no, wait. What were you going to say? Just the aesthetic and like if anybody wants to do fan art, this would be a great time to do it of these halflings <laughs> celebrating this this drow, half drow who doesn't want to be there much. Right, well, I think it's it's that kind of instance too of like first time really outside of a, mm -hmm. a trash heap <laughs> yeah. of a spaceship it was and that fun moment where he cracked and like had fun for a minute yeah and like yeah. actually was able to like have people cheering for him and being very like uncomfortable about it <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. so yeah, yeah I, and you moment. and you won craig craig yeah. so like when you you won the rodeo you got a good chunk of change probably still not enough to get all your repairs done um, and you got some jewelry, the recognition, but also like this riding Drake, which is now yeah. in your ship, taking up almost the entire storage area. <laughs> Worth He's it. He's a good boy though, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, episode four was just like an emotional high, fun times. And then episode five, you guys wanted to still, again, go try to figure out how to make money. Mm -hmm. And I believe episode five is when... Um, you entered the cave system, right? So I believe episode five, you went to the spaceport to see if you could get money. You found like the first mechanic there. You talked to him. He was like, you guys aren't even close to having enough money, but I can give you this other job. And then mm -hmm. like shot a zip line across the canyon to get you guys into. And this was the first episode with a guest too. 
That's true. With Paige. Right. Yeah. yeah. So this so the droid that we found in episode two has like a memory issue where every morning it like resets and that is going to be who our guest always plays as. So every episode they come in with their own personality, their own name. And we had Paige Silva. Is that her last mm-hmm. name? Yes. Paige I Silva. Think, yeah. Um, which you can find all her information on the episode five's description. So like her Instagram and website, but, uh, yeah, so Paige played as uh, Sir Forrester. Mm-hmm. Sketchbook page on Instagram. Sketchbook page, P-A-I-G-E. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, is there anything else you guys remember before you're getting into like this tunnel system? Um, Sir, Sir Forrester was a great character name. <laughs> and... Um, I kept wondering, or I don't know if we mentioned it, but that the drow that we still don't know their name that I don't think. Oh, the other two. Yeah. They're somewhere else figuring out. They're looking. We haven't. Yeah. (laughs) Since we landed on the planet, we haven't seen them. Right. They just get the ship fixed and pieced out. And since they're so above us, at least in the way that they think we're in charge of, like we've already said, repairing the, the ship, but they're off doing in some cave elsewhere maybe right so they're looking for miska the wolf spider to Mm -hmm. try to call upon this other deity so that uh because it's like that's the job they've got been given from lolf so Mm -hmm. that's why they're on anadia you guys kind of just ended up on anadia because you needed a ride off the ring Mm -hmm. and we had the the map the goods right (laughs) so yeah while they keep doing their (laughs) mission like they were going to they gave you the job to try to fix the ship yeah bombs (laughs) bombs <laughs> i think zach did you have one other thing you were gonna say i was just again going to appreciate the world building wills done at least in this village because as we get into the spaceports and it's just really brought home the scale and magnitude yes. of where we were and i thought that was great cool so this thank you wow uh, <laughs> so <laughs> episode five ended with you guys going in and starting like your first dungeon crawl of the season. Mm-hmm. Um, the, I believe the guy was saying like there's children missing from the city after the Zartan like carved out its canyon and exposed the tunnel system mm-hmm. that you guys need to go in there and try to find the kids. So you did. And this was again, like more of like uh, creatures and traps and things that you haven't experienced up to this point kind of more traditional old school D&D stuff. Um, other than all the technical difficulties that we had on episode five, are there... Don't want to talk about it. <laughs> are there, yeah, I don't want to... Are there anything else that you guys remember? Um, this was... It ended with you guys fighting the gargoyle statue. Yeah. I did not like the cave worms. I remember no. that. No, not a fan. Yeah, there was like these stalactites that were actually worms that would like harden and drop on you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and before that, I think we spent a lot of time trying to get Craig the Drake to come with us on the zip yeah. line, and I just have of this course visual. wouldn't let us. Yeah, but I just have this visual of what could have been <laughs> where we strap them to a couple different harnesses mm-hmm. and stick them down there. It would have worked. Yeah. Like rescuers down under when they tie the lizard to the string and <laughs> what a what a freaking throwback. <laughs> so yeah, is there anything else? I, I guess one thing I'm interested in is how you guys are thinking about this through your characters' eyes of um 
especially Peg, who's left her home planet to kind of explore mm-hmm. and kind of going on this like whirlwind adventure that might seem out of your control and you're just reacting and now you're in this cave looking for kids. That's a good point. Cause I, I think I left this out of her backstory, but um, tabaxi people tend to like to stay in their village. So it's very rare for people to want to leave. And so she wanted to her whole um, MO about this whole thing or uh, motive is to explore and be curious and report back to her home planet. Um, So she is kind of like this observer, but she feels like she keeps getting trapped (laughs) a little bit Mm -hmm. (laughs) like on a space station and then on a ship that she doesn't know where it's going. And then (laughs) in this uh, cave that now she's on a zip line to go into. Um, So there's a little bit of a freak out there. But yeah, I'm curious what LSR and Wick think. At the end of episode five, I can tell you Wick was excited to be in this town that was so... First, she's excited to be off Lathander's ring at all for a multitude of reasons, but mostly just to not be on a ring with fake gravity and Mm. real plants, but plants that were grown on station and everything. And to be with two people who she's starting to trust and be friends. I mean, she's been trusting and been friends with them, but really building a relationship Mm -hmm. with and actually having an opportunity to be helpful to people who have been friendly and welcoming in the village. Mm -hmm. So... At, that's at the end of episode five. At the end of episode six, we'll see <laughs> what happens. But that's where we're at going across that zip line and after the gargoyle fight. And then is is Elisar's like only goal right now to impress the drow? Yeah, I think it's like a it's just kind of a belligerent like they say it and then I'll just do it. Because right. just kind of seeking that affirmation. Mm-hmm. At least uh currently. Sure. So yeah. Uh, episode five ends and uh, you start finding real structures and developed areas in this cave, including one room that had a statue of an Android holding up like a computer chip, mm-hmm. which as you guys approach, like came to life and then tried to slay you. You killed it. You guys tried to rest. You and know, a- like, like statues do. Statues do. <laughs> statues be doing. Statues. Yeah. <laughs> and then, uh, you guys tried to rest and another little robot came in and tried to steal your tech stuff. So <laughs> in I think in episode five, you start realizing there's like more robot and more tech influences here, right? Mm-hmm. And then when we transitioned right to episode six, which was the last episode right before the one you're listening to right now. And that was with our guest, Andrew Kolb, which he played a character, his robot that his memory had wiped his name. And then he was like, what's my name? And then we all got confused. And then I believe Zach said, oh, because yeah. he understood what he was doing. So he played a robot <laughs> O. I believe you said O-O-H. Yeah, that's um, what I have written down. Yeah. Yeah, so you guys left. And as you kept moving down the, the cave, I believe the first little encounter were the two doors. Mm-hmm. Do you guys remember anything about those or what you felt with them? One wanted a life to, it said something like a life for one open or something like that. And the other one asked for computer parts. I don't remember the 
yeah some kind of the colorful language that yeah. was wonderfully written but it was great and we dumped some computer <laughs> you, parts in there do you remember the screens there was a bunch of faces yeah from people in the village and maybe even a few animals i think mixed in yeah it was just it was like thousands of faces cycling in and out but as it spoke to you all the mouths kind of like matched up and created one sentence creepy yeah that's what was creepy to me super yeah, creepy yeah, super uh, you guys found scraps from the, the creatures or the tech you had just killed, like the little robot that tried to steal from you. You opened up the door, and in that room was like a prop room. Mm-hmm. So like a costume department or something. Yeah. So how did you guys feel when you when you got in there? And like what do you remember about that area? Creepy. Creepy. I thought it was so <laughs> I thought we were going for like a stolen mm-hmm. like a like uh just putting all the stuff they had taken from people that's mm-hmm. where i was at at that point on display sure mm-hmm. yeah. So yeah i remember thinking like oh i might try to take something i think you guys did i think you took some clothes some like cleaner yeah. clothes <laughs> but i didn't want to take it if it was it felt gross if it was somebody's stolen things sure but once you said it was like fake dirtied up mm-hmm. like they had applied uh, I don't know, paint or something on then felt better. Yeah, no, it's great. And then as you kept in the the case system, you found a, a weapon of sorts being built. And in there was the... The, half- the same mechanic who sent us across the canyon. Oh, no. Right. <laughs> and this is where things got weird, right? Because as I believe his name was Chorus, the little halfling, mm-hmm. the mechanic, he like charged you and then shapeshifted just like the faces had been on those doors and became uh oh oh jumped in the way and on yeah. impact he turned into O. and there was like this fight of like you trying to kill the fake O, trying to come up with some clever way to figure out which one is which but then we're like oh crap he can copy everything he does and mm-hmm. yeah it was a fun fight mm-hmm. especially so- when O raged out yeah i was melting faces with his hands (laughs) um i guess what what i'm interested in most this is kind of like the the apex of episode six um Mm -hmm. is like where where are you guys thinking where are your heads at now that you're there's like there's more to this cave the guy who sent you on the mission obviously wasn't actually sending you on a mission um, what are your your thoughts at this moment? Because I don't think much changed before the end of six. You guys killed some more things. You found like this kind of alien race that had computer parts like built into them. Dan got a really sick gun for LSR that shoots like hot lead. And we saw that security room, which tell me if I'm misremembering, but it had footage of Knopf in the town. Yes. Where yeah. it was apparent that oh my goodness, these people are um, impersonating other people and they're in town. Yeah, or at least spying. And like, yeah. Yeah, yeah those are all, you're dead on. <laughs> and that freaked me out the most. <laughs> yeah, it was good. I think uh, LSR is kind of like being from the the trash ring and like not really trusting people or whatever and then having people to trust and then again now reiterating with this other dude who were he was getting used to like oh maybe everybody out here is actually way nicer than i than i mm-hmm. thought they were and then all of a sudden you're like no everybody sucks yeah 
I think Wick feels the exact same way. And it's funny that you would say that first, but I think that's exactly <laughs> where she's at. And I think that comes from both of us being from Lathander's ring and being familiar with more of the underbelly shady parts of it. Right. Mm-hmm. But I think like the Flanders ring, because it's like a quasi decommissioned space, like kind of in its deteriorating age of a space station, like the major, even the good rings are not full of good people. Like, mm-hmm. right. You know, Which just gets because in they like have the, money. Yeah. <laughs> it's like the, the shady storefront thing, you know, they're right. good to the tourist, but you know, yeah. No, I think that's where Wix at too. I think that's a good way to put it. Cool. So eventually, by the end of the episode or that session, you guys get back to the ship after some issues trying to get back. But you you got Craig, the lizard. You guys are back there, kind of beat up, tired. <laughs> where was Craig? He was just tied up. Yeah. Is that what it was? Yeah, they yeah. just kind of tied him up. Craig. But Cora said he was going to take care of him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Craig's dead. Let's be real. (laughs) (laughs) So I guess like as we just wrap up this little recap. They um, cooked him under a space engine like a Star Wars or something. I bet he was tasty though. So Yeah. No, he's there. We're good. (laughs) We because we rode him back to the spaceship. Right, right, right. (laughs) But it's still called a spaceship if we're in space. It's like a space yacht. Okay. (laughs) It's like a it's a here ship. A space Winnebago. (laughs) <laughs> so i guess like as we just like kind of wrap up and finish um are there any things that you guys are wondering anything that you've seen that you don't quite get or anything like that kind of like a free range o- open ask questions why are you the way you are and why do you hurt us <laughs> <laughs> I think that's good. I think we could probably just close out on that one. Um, the only no, questions no, I would have would be story based, and I just but that's not any fun for you to answer those questions. I mean, and it's not it's not clarifying questions. Okay. It's like what's going to happen next, Will? Okay, yeah. So next episode, I can answer that. You guys are going to have to try to figure out what you want to do with all this new information about um, this new planet, about these kind of shape shifting creatures, this weapon you found under the ground. That is, and the people who are spying on Nop, like, what is, what are your own responsibilities and wants and needs as you move forward? And that will be next week. Awesome. So, so for now, we're gonna say bye. 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 That's another episode of Dungeons and Designers. Intro music is by Mon Plaisir. Editing and animation was done by me, your friendly DM, Will. Find this and more in the description.